Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. And uh, to John chapter 17, John, Gospel of John chapter 17. Amen. Gospel of John chapter 17. Verse 21. Jesus speaking here. Amen. Actually, John 17 is really a Jesus' prayer. It was one of his prayers. The whole chapter is he's praying to the the Father, the Spirit. Amen. And in this, this particular verse, he said that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen. And I want to preach on the subject, one with him. One with him. Father, we thank you, and your word is anointed, and I just pray that it just settle and just roost deep in our hearts, God. Lord, to go deep and impact us in the way you want it to impact us. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Amen. I want to preach on the subject, one with him. One with him. Amen. Before we talk about being one with him, we have to understand, kind of look at God's nature. God is one. Amen. Deuteronomy 6.4 tells us here, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's not two lords or three lords. He's one Lord. Amen. And I'm going to, and if you keep reading, I don't have the next verse up there, but you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. Amen. You're You're not giving that praise to multiple gods. You're only giving it to one God. Amen. The God of the Bible. Praise God. God. Isaiah 44, 24. Thus saith the Lord, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretches forth the heavens alone. Everybody say alone. alone. That spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Everybody say by myself. He didn't have anybody to the left or to the right, to the front or to the back. He did it all alone and by himself. I'm talking about one God. I'm talking about the almighty God. You can't have more than one almighty God. You might have as Lord's many and God's many. Amen. There might even be some that think they're mighty gods. But there's only one almighty who trumps them all. And that is our God, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Hallelujah. We're serving one God. Hallelujah. I thank God for it. I don't have to worry about praying a little bit to this one and a little bit to that one and which one I should discuss this with and which one I should discuss that with. I pray everything to one God. I'm doing it to one stop shop. I come to one throne and I bow before one God and I pour my heart before one God. Hallelujah. I'm here standing in this pulpit this morning. 
him up against any other God that someone wants to bring against him. Amen. Isaiah 44, 8. Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe you forgot. God, there's, there's a lot of people are saying there's all these other ones. I know not any. So that's what makes the difference right there. Isaiah 45, verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there's none else. And I could just go on and on, but we don't have time because there's a Spanish service after this. Amen. So I can't infringe upon their time. Amen. But suffice us to say that there's one God. And God is one. Amen. And it's not just an Old Testament idea. It's a New Testament idea as well. Praise God for when somebody came. Praise God and asked Jesus. Uh, what, you know, what is it? Jesus said, what is the first and great commandment? And a man stepped up and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Amen. With all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. Amen. And your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, well done. And he said in Mark 12, 33, Jesus said, there is one God and there's none other but he. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 8, 4. Then Paul, Paul said that there's Lord's many and God's many, but, there is no, but, but unto us there's none other but one. There's none other but one. And I'm here to tell you that not only is God one, but God and Jesus are one. Hallelujah. Amen. They're not two. They're one. <laughs> Amen. They're one. It's different manifestations. But ultimately, when you read it and look at the whole thing, they're one. Like one was invisible. And one was visible. One, amen, was the Spirit of God. And the other was the man that God became. Amen. One, hallelujah, was the Son of God. And the other, amen, Jesus was the Son of Man. He was both God and man. That's this mystery, how God and man dwelt in one body. Hallelujah. He was powerful in one way. He was the Son of God. Amen. When he... I mean, he was a son of man when he fell asleep in the boat because he had to sleep. Amen. Because he was human by his mom's side. But on his God's side, when the boat was ready to sink and the storm came up, and they woke him up and said, Hey, Lord, we're going down. And he said, Peace, be still. So the son of man was sleeping, but the son of God woke up and shh, quieted the sea. Amen. And the son of man, he had to eat. He ate of fish and he ate of bread. Amen. But as a son of God, he took a little boy's lunch and he fed a multitude. Amen. Of 5,000 men, including the women, the wives and kids. Amen. As a son of man, he came four days after Lazarus, his friend had died. And he came to the grave and everybody was mourning. Mary, Lazarus' sister, and Martha, Mary, Lazarus' sister were all crying and mourning. Amen. And all the relatives and everybody, they said, show me where you buried him. And he came up there in the shortest verse of the Bible, John eleven thirty five, two words, Jesus wept. The son of man wept for his friend, but the son of God said, Roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. God and Jesus are one. Woo! Praise the Lord. 
Amen. John 17, verse 3, the beginning of the prayer of chapter 17 of John. He said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Folks, I'm telling you, that knowing and understanding the only true God in relation to Jesus Christ has eternal ramifications. We need to know who Jesus is. He is not just an ordinary man. He wasn't just a great prophet. He was God in human form. He was the invisible made visible. He was the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. The Old Testament tells us God is the rock. The New Testament says Jesus is the rock. The Old Testament said God is a creator. The New Testament said Jesus is a creator. The Old Testament said God is a shepherd. The New Testament said Jesus is a shepherd. The Old Testament said God was the first and last. The New Testament said Jesus is the first and last. The Old said God is the king. And the New said Jesus is the king. The Old said God's coming back. And the New said Jesus is coming back. The Old said God was the great I am from the birth. Bush. And Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah. I'm talking about God and Jesus are one. Woo. That's a powerful truth. Jesus is. Uh, Christianity depends on it. If he's a, just a good man to you, all you're going to get is what a good man can give you. If he's just a great prophet to you, all you're going to get is what a great prophet can give you. But if he's God, manifest in flesh, if his name is above every name, if he's the only wise God, then you're going to get everything heaven has to offer. Everything. Heaven has Testament said God is a savior. Isaiah 43 11, I even I am the Lord. That word Lord all capitalized in the King James translates into Yahweh or Jehovah. I even I am the Lord Jehovah and beside me there is no savior. There he goes again but that beside me there's nothing. And then here comes this guy born of a virgin. Amen. And He's, he, he, he was proclaimed in, in, in the Christmas story of Luke chapter 2 as Christ, the Savior of the law of the world. And then in Titus 2, 13, it says that we are, as his people, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, the Old Testament God, Jehovah, he's a spirit. He didn't have blood to shed. He didn't have a body to be broken. He could not die. Amen. 
so he had to become one of us so he could bleed and he could be broken and he could die for our sins amen so it's not two it's one it's multiple manifestations but it's one God He's the Savior. He's the Savior. Nobody's telling him to fib. Nobody's wrong. It's all right. Amen. Jesus said in John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. And when he said that, they picked up stones to throw at him because they didn't like that. Maybe he said, you made yourself equal with God. We don't like when you talk like that. Well, I am. Hallelujah. Amen. And then in John 14, his own disciples. Amen. We know in John 14, when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He talked about mansions in heaven. That's where we get that from. And then he goes on in verse 6. It said, you know, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. And so here he goes. He mentions the Father again to them. And finally, Philip, one of the twelve, said, Lord, show us the Father. You're talking about the Father all the time. Show him to us so that we can believe and we can see him. Amen. In John chapter 14, verse 9, I've abbreviated it here, but basically Jesus said, Jesus said unto him, Philip, have I been so long with you that you have not known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How are you saying, show us the Father? Have not I been with you? I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Amen. You can't distinguish it. You can't split us apart. I'm the visible part of the invisible Father. Amen. So God is one. God and Jesus are one. And God and His church are one. Amen. His church is referred to His body. He's the head of all things. And we are the body of Christ. Amen. One body made up of many members. Like in the body, you have ten fingers and ten toes. In the body, you have elbows and you have hips. Amen. You have kneecaps. You have all kinds of parts of the body. There's one body made up of many members in particular. And God places us all in the body. But we're all part of that one body. And that body needs to be one with the head. We know that when some people, amen, I had an uncle that went horseback riding in Yosemite. And some, somebody came out. A jogger came out suddenly on the on the horseback trail, amen, and spooked the horse that he was on. And that horse ran back, and my uncle fell back and broke his neck, amen. And he spent years trying to rehabilitate, and it finally took his life because the body was no longer communicating with the head, amen. And they, they weren't one with each other. But we as a body of Christ need to always maintain our connection to the head, amen, because the head has given us the instruction. The head's where the brains are. We need to be directed and we follow and be led by the Spirit. So God and His church are one. God and His body are one. And God's church and God's body has also symbolically been called the bride of Christ. God and His bride are one. Amen. God instituted marriage back in Genesis Chapter 2, amen, man was alone, and God said, it's not good for man to be by himself. I'm going to give him somebody that's different than him, amen, somebody that's, that compliments, somebody where he's weak, 
that person will be strong and where that person's weak, he'll be strong. And so when they work together side by side, it'll be a one complete package. Amen. And so we know the story. He put Adam to sleep. He took a rib out of his side and made woman. Adam went to bed a bachelor and woke up married. I don't know if anyone else has done that. Unless you go to Vegas. Amen. But I'm telling you, amen, but this was of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, so we see that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, and Adam said when he woke up and saw this wonderful gift that God had given him, this is now bone of my bone, because he knew it came out of his side. And flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And that's what woman really means. It means taken out of man. Amen. Therefore, verse 24, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. One flesh. And that's not just in the kids, folks. I know we're one flesh in the kids. Amen. You know, oh, you have a little daughter, and she has your nose, and she has her toes. And then she has your eyes, and she has, you know, your, your disposition. She has your sense of humor, and she has your you know, intellect. And she has this, and she has that. Hey, that's one flesh, and that's understandable. But there's something deeper spiritually that goes on. Amen. When two are banded together, amen, there's a unity in that relationship that, if it's done correctly, should go sweeter over the days, months, and weeks, and years. Amen. And get closer together than a oneness together. Amen. And God purposely did that. Hallelujah. That they're one flesh. Not only is it the greatest institution that God's ever given to mankind on this earth, but it's a, a powerful symbol of something far greater, which is Christ and his church. The bridegroom and the bride. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 Husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 30 For we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones. That sounds like Adam talking. For this call verse 31 Shall a man leave his father and mother he quotes from Genesis and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh and he finishes the next verse This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. The human marriage, it was symbolic of Christ and the church. Amen. Hallelujah. When we are born again, we become one with Him and we take on His name. Hallelujah. Amen. The church is also His body, His spirit, His blood, His word. Amen. They all connect us to Him as the head of the body. We must stay in. That's why we got to come to our, the services every time the building's open. There's a special connection that we have with each other. Amen. That we need to have. Oh yeah, we can stay all stay at home and pray at home and read our Bibles at home and try the best we can to reach out to people at home. But there's something that we come to come together. We're the bride. We got to come together and talk with each other and pray for one another. We're the body. We got to come together. We're the church. We got to gather together. We are stronger together than apart. It helps us be one with Him. Amen. So His body is not only to be one with Him, but also one with each other. You're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. Together, 
we'll face every foe. There's no foe that can defeat us as long as we're walking side by side. Amen. As long as there is love, we can stand. We can make it together. But we got to be one as we're one with him. We can't have a lot of lone rangers. We can't have islands to ourselves. Amen. And just be our own person. Amen. You know, the last of this thing or the last of that thing, we got to be together. We got to work out. Oh, you know, like, hey, I can make it on my own. I don't need anybody else. Oh, no, that's not the, the spirit of the church. That's not the spirit of the body. We got to be together. We're stronger together. Like Adam and Eve, we're stronger together. Like any husband and wife, we're stronger together. Amen. The body of Christ is stronger together. Amen. When we are part of his body, we share his blood, which makes more, amen, which makes more than his body, but, you know, makes us more than his body. It makes us his, his family. We're the family of God. That's why I can say, you know, brother Tom, you know, brother Jesse, amen, sister Angie, you know, sister Rachel, amen, I can say that. You know, and somebody coming in from the outside might say, hey, what is this? You know, a bunch of cousins and, you know, you know, a big family reunion in here. Yeah, every time we get together, family reunion. We just have, don't have the picnic yet. You know, and we, we'll get that afterward or whatever. Amen. But we're all related. That's why I can say, hey, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, because literally we are. Amen. Something, something holds us more than just, you know, natural blood ties. Amen. It's the Spirit of God that really holds the church together and the body and the bride. It's the blood of Jesus that really holds it together. It's the name of Jesus really holds it. It's faith in the one God that really holds us all together. That's why we got to stay together in, in that unity. Amen. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, they were all with one accord in one place. And God filled them. Praise God. They were all with one accord. They were all praying. They were all thinking the same thing and getting on the same wavelength. And they were all waiting for the promise of the Father, waiting for that spiritual endowment from on high so they could start the church and get moving, winning souls for Him. To be with one accord is to be unified, to lift one another up, to have each other's back. That's what it's about. Amen. To have meekness amongst the family and amongst the body of Christ. Where when one falls, we don't just let them stay laying on the, on the dirt and walk over them and say, Okay, there's another one. We'll just keep moving. Only the strong survive. No. Amen. We pick them up. Ye which are spiritual. When, when somebody's overtaken in a fall, when someone falls, when someone stumbles, ye which are spiritual. Pick them up. Amen. And bring them along. And help them out. Because we're not, we're not going to always be, uh, you know, strong ourselves. We're going to stumble maybe in the future. And we're going to hope someone's going to have mercy on us. Amen. That's why we got to have one. We're one. We're one. We, we, we're not stronger apart. I don't get any benefit from me going up higher on a ladder of God's spirituality, if you want to call something like that. Amen. To see some of you go lower. Amen. No, that's not at all. We go together. Praise God. We leave no, no, nobody left behind. We go together. If somebody's left behind, amen, they're going to have to fight the blood and fight our love and fight whatever. If someone wants to leave, that's up to them, amen, but they're not going to do it without somebody praying for them and talking to them and encouraging them. Amen. It's not going to be easy. We don't want it to be easy to leave the body, to leave the family, to leave the bride, to leave the church. Amen. We are admonished to be of one mind. Amen. So 
Philippians 2.2, 2, be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 1 Peter 3.8, be all of one mind, having compassion, one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, which means full of pity. Be courteous. Amen. Love one another. It's a spirit, an attitude. It all comes from God being one and God and Jesus being one and we being one with that whole thing. Amen. We stay connected in that love and the compassion and the mercy and the forgiveness. It all flows from the head to the body. And we all are beneficiaries of it. Amen. That one mind that we need to be of is the mind of Christ. We need to have the mind of Christ. Praise God. And the mind of Christ is to love, to forgive, amen, to give place, to give space, to work with people, not to jump to conclusions, not to judge, amen, but to have that mind of Christ that whatever Christ would do, He humbled Himself, we humble ourselves. He had compassion and mercy, we have compassion and mercy, amen. He allowed Himself, even though He had the ability and the power to, to not let it happen, He allowed things to happen because He knew that the will of God was more important than what He wanted to do right at the moment. That's not the easiest thing. He literally loved his enemy. He told us in chapter 5 of Matthew, love your enemies and pray for them. And what did he do? They were beating him. They were putting him on the cross. They were taunting him. They were egging him on to come down and, and you know, really believe and all that kind of stuff. And what did he do? Lord, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he had mercy. That's the mind of Christ. Amen. That's the mind of Christ. Our text verse in John 17, 21, just want to just close with this. It says that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen. You see, there's a lot riding on us being one with God. We, I, I don't see there's any problem and there's not going to be any issue with with God and Jesus, you know, getting all, you know, what he said, they, 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 they had that one thing down, no problem. The issue comes in where we plug in as part of that oneness. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so he, this is, remember, John 17 is a prayer of Jesus. The whole chapter is him praying. So he's praying that we all may be one. That we all may be one. Because when there's divisions, and, you know, disagreements and this and that, where people aren't getting together on the same page, then, you know, we do not have a unified front. We cannot accomplish as much, you know, divided as we can, you know, together and unified. So his prayer was that my church, my body, my, the family of God would be one. Amen. As thou, Father, art in me, and I am thee. So he said, wanting them to be one like that. That they may be one in us. And then he said, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen. You see, the world is looking at us. They're, they're seeing how we operate. They're seeing how we treat each other. They're seeing how we, you know, we band together and, or not so, or the lack thereof. Because... 
the world believing in him has a lot to do with his body doing what they need to do. And that's why he said, you know, yeah, the, this is the salvation plan. And he put it out there, what it took to be born again and what it took for this and that. And he said, those are very important teachings and doctrines of the church that the world needs to believe. But the world is not looking at doctrines first and foremost. Their first impression is people. They're looking at these people who say they're the people of God. And they're looking at them. And he said, that's why it was so important in John 13. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one to another. That's how they're going to know that this is the right thing. And that's how the world may believe that thou hast sent me, Jesus said. Amen. Praise God. Let's just, let's stand. And let's ask God right now to help us to be one with Him. One with Him, one with each other. Oh Lord, we worship You. We praise You, Lord Jesus. We thank You today, God. We praise You. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.